Well, so on the porch, like, whenever Roomba starts, like, Greebles, like, tries to, like, hang out with it and, like, follows it around the tiny porch and, like, tries to be cute. (laughs) And I swear to God, for, like, two solid days, whenever it would start running, Greebles would start doing sprints around the house trying to, like, show off and play with it. Like, he's, like, trying to, like, become best friends with the fucking robot vacuum. (laughs) It's super adorable, except he's also kind of fat and doesn't really understand cornering or sort of, like, traction or anything. So he's, like, fatly trying to, like, gain speed to try and launch himself to do a really impressive jump, like a little kid jumping into a pool. Like, look at me, look at me, at this fucking Roomba that's running around. Except he's, like, missing and taking out shit left and right. And um, Roomba still has not responded to his his, uh, advances. So this is, like, um, watching Wally. Yes, it is exactly like that, but fatter and... um, a little cuter, if I'm being honest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Geek Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Joe, and I'm joined by my exhausted co-hosts, Shaheen and Bubs. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey guys. <laughs> this is episode 97 of our podcast and, you know, fuck us for not actually ending on an even 100, but, you know, whatever. Um, and we're going to be talking about the 100 season 7 episode 16, the series finale. You can find us on SoundCloud. We also love fan feedback, so feel free to come yell at us on Twitter at MaybeGeekAgain or at MaybeGeekAgain at gmail.com. And of course, we always post the episodes to Reddit in case you enjoy long-form discussion. It is great to have you here, guys. Um, I feel like I say that every time because it's in the run sheet, but it really is. It is great to have you here. Um, We usually start uh, by giving our name. I feel like everyone knows us already, so if you want to give a quick fact about yourself, feel free. Uh, If not, this week's icebreaker game, I figured apropos, um, would you choose to stay on Earth um, or become a Golden Groot? Um, Who wants to go first? Um, Well, so... If that, if there was somebody hot that I loved, I guess I would maybe stay behind because who knows what like the City of well, Lights plus, Part Three is like. Plus, like, there's no you couldn't get pregnant, so like. Well, but that's like sad. That's like. Oh, is it? I thought that like just you know carefree whatever the fuck sex would have been <laughs> where it's at. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand heterosexual. Well, it's it's stuff. not like it's not like the it's sad for everybody. It's more that like. It takes away like a human experience that some people want and becomes like a huge facet of themselves. So it's like, can all those people actually be all like, like, I don't know, feel whole if that was something that they really wanted and felt, I don't know. Like, I think like some people obviously do not want kids and they're happy not to have kids and other people really want to have kids. And like, that's, I don't know. I, I thought that part was so fucked up. I mean, there's many, the, the, the alien eugenics was definitely sort of, or alien yeah. sterilization, I, I guess eugenics doesn't even come into it, because <laughs> there's not even a choice. Um, I mean, so, we'll get into it, that, I guess. So yours is, you would maybe come back, but it depends on how hot the other people coming back are. I think, uh, no, you know what, I would transcend, 
I mean, I would just like, I think that's like the best bet, you know? Um, but I don't know, because what if it sucks and you're stuck there forever with all these like, I don't know, baloney crazy people. And like, all like, imagine getting there and all the other like, I don't know, consciousnesses in, in the singular consciousness are like, you guys are like a bunch of cult people and bad soldiers and, um, criminals. Like, yikes. I guess like you guys can, whatever, like the lowest societal thing to do in this postmordial sludge, they get to do it. I don't know. I I just don't understand. I mean, we definitely did not get, you know, you're right, we did not take on the cream of the crop um, of the humans who did transcend. It was just a bunch of red shirts from both sides. Um, but maybe the other alien races that they have, but but yeah, you're right, it does, it does strongly run the risk of agreeing to go to a wedding where you don't really know all of the people. And then, like, it's a real risk that you're going to be, like, sat at the very end of, like, the cast-off tables. And then you can't leave. No, because you're Ever. at a fucking wedding. Ever. Yeah. Like, I just <laughs> wanted to read the the, con- the contract. Like, what am I signing up for? Like, what does the food look like? What do... Is, the, do is it a buffet? Is it table service? Like, Do we all eat at the same time because we're one consciousness? Like... <laughs> do I have to eat coconut because somebody who likes coconut eats coconut? Me? Yeah, I like coconut. Yeah. So okay. I, would, I would drink IPAs while you ate your coconut just so that we're even. This does not feel <laughs> like a wondrous, um, beautiful ascension into, into a, you know, let's, for lack of a better term, heaven. This does not seem, this seems terrible. It seems um, terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, Shaheen, what about you? <laughs> um hi my name is Shaheen um I study philosophy um I so what is the question uh would I return to earth yeah would you return or, to or earth or would you become a life? golden Groot um well no because I mean we know what the the terms are if you come back um, there will be no offspring and you'll, you'll die eventually and that will be it. And so I'll choose immortality. Um, without, without knowing whether or not you're going to be back. sat at the shitty table drinking IPAs and eating coconut? Well, the, pre- the premise is that you won't be sad, that it's a happy place, everyone's happy. So I'm just going to go with that. Yeah, but said every cult ever. Right, I feel like I I would have wanted some sort of amount of like, can I like get a a walkthrough, maybe a little tour, (laughs) a campus tour? Yeah, exactly. Where's the fucking campus tour? Yeah, where's our what was that book with all the colleges in it ranked that talked about like great dorms, bad food? Is that was it on you? Was it like USA Today or yes, it was like US something. Fuck, US US whatever. Yeah. (laughs) There isn't, I assume there isn't going to be any eating. Um, then how is that heaven? No, I'm not going. <laughs> well, you can probably simulate the taste of anything that you want in your mouth. Um, but you don't have to physically chew anything, I assume. This is exactly like our fucking City of Light arguments in season three, where we don't get any information except, it's good, trust us. Yeah. 
No, I know. I mean, this is the problem this show has always had is we need to know more about what's going on. Let's see. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. I guess, let's see if I had... Yeah, I'm sort of torn. Like, um, you know, reproduction has never been really uh, on my radar, nor is it so much a risk for me, um, unwantedly. Uh, so Earth would not be that bad. However... I'm not a sorry. Camper. I'm sorry. Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. You cannot reproduce if you yeah. if you decide to come back. So what is the question? What is the problem with reproduction? No, I'm saying like that's not a deal breaker for me. Yeah, I was th- I was saying earlier how like for some people like that would be like incredibly sad, but for other people like Joe's saying like that's not really part but of like what she's taking to- into it. It's irrelevant to whether you want to come back or not, because whether or not, whether you come back or not, you're not going to have offspring. So, Well, no, like, th- that's true. But, like, I think maybe if you come back uh, to Earth and you can't, that, like, makes you sad because, you know, the other option is absolutely not. But in this case, they have removed the option for you, like, even though you have, you know, a fully functioning body and you're not, you know, part of the hive mind. I'm just saying, like, that is mm-hmm. not a deal breaker for me at all. Um Shit, what was I going to say? However, however, I don't camp. I am an indoor kid. I am not a camper. (laughs) So this, like, roughing it that they had to set up um, does not appeal. So, um... Yeah, and, like, what if I get to, like, Golden Groot Land and then I'm like, you know, I can't deal with these fucking double IPAs. Um you know, send me back to Earth. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, is there an option C where I'm just like, can I just not? Like, can I just not participate in this thing that I did not sign up for at all? I tried this mattress for a hundred days, now come pick it up. Basically, yeah. Like I want the Costco return policy. Like as long as I don't abuse it, like I want the I can always return this item policy. So I, I'm rejecting the premise of this question. Um even though I'm the one who made it up. So, (laughs) let's get into the episode. Uh, It was called The Last War and not May We Meet Again, because, of course, why would you you not want that kind of continuity? Um, Why? 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 Uh, (laughs) Written and directed by Jason Rothenberg. Um, Overall takes. Uh, Shaheen, how about you? Since you actually, you did have, you had a list of good and bad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I don't, I'm not sure how to do this. I kind of have a lot of stuff put in the overall takes, but I think I should probably just go through the list real quick and then we can talk about them item by item as we talk about the episode. It will, I mean, they will come up. Um, so I'll just, I'm just going to read through this list of good and bad that I made. Um, yeah, so I have. Um, just to be clear, um, I mean, I think I'm going to be the most positive person uh, about this episode today. Um, and I like a lot of things about it. I do have objections to it. Most of the objections actually go back to previous episodes. So it's not, they're not new objections, you know. Um, I, so I don't, bl- I don't blame this specific episode for, for them. Um, I do have some objections that are specific to this episode, um, which I'll talk about. Um, but there are a lot, also a lot of things that I like. So 
we not too many caveats there (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i just want to say like i i i think we're going to talk about a lot of problems and like criticisms but i suspect that most of them aren't the result of this episode most of them are because of the rest of the season um and so that's to me that's not a new that's not those are new criticisms and i do have criticisms specific to this episode so okay what i like about it is it checks a lot of the boxes um that we've been wondering about throughout the season in terms of how are they going to end this season um, in a way that kind of, you know, straddles the line and, and is, uh, you know, a, a, that is like a, a sophisticated ending that's not easily, you know, one way or another. It's not like, oh, this was good and that was bad or whatever, you know. Um, so, and we've been wondering how they were going to pull that off. And I, I always thought that that would be very difficult given the way that they set things up, you know, are they, like, are they going to say the Cadigan was right? Are they going to say Clark was right? Are they going to say, you know, what, like, is love good? Is love bad? Right? All of these things, is, is partiality good? Is partiality bad? Should we all be, like, uh, you know, be a hive mind or not? Whatever, right? And they, um, what I like about it is that it, it ends without taking any sort of obvious preachy stances on any of those things. Um, it sort of leaves you wondering and um, it doesn't glorify any of the characters or, or actors, actor, not in the, you know, agents in the story. Um, and it doesn't, you know, necessarily. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let me go, go through the list. Good is it stays true to there are no good guys. Um, which is great. It settles the question of where the narrative stands on Clark. I'll talk about this later. Uh, I've been always wondering, like, what is, what is the deal with Clark? What are we supposed to think about Clark? And I think that this settles that. Um, it does not pretend that anyone had the answer. Um, no one comes off as a saint. Even the, the judger species, you know, they don't come off as, as saints. Um, and there's no predictable message like love is awesome or humanity is great, um, you know, or anything like that. There's no cheesy, preachy message like that, as far as I can see. Um, I like that. And um, it includes the line, Bellamy was right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, so <laughs> because this, I mean, again, we'll talk about this as we get into the episode. There's a very fine distinction um, between um, the the writer fucking up and the the characters fucking up, right? And it the line Bellamy was right moves things more into the category of the characters fucked up, not not the writers. Um, but we'll talk about that. And so, okay, so the bad things that I don't like about it are um it's still some of the key questions such as the role of the role and value of love and partiality were still left unanswered um you know the whole debate between Cadigan and Clark was left unanswered um also questions about the test and the judge like we said this already like we 
who are they? What is this? Like, you know, what was the test was testing? You know, what was the main, you know, substance of the test? What are, what were they testing for? Or, you know, uh, who are these people? Who is the judge? You know, they didn't answer any of those. Um, and finally, the ending was weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe this is the, the, the ugly. So the good, bad, and the ugly. Um, well, like, I mean, I think perhaps it would have made more sense if they got they got more time rather than transcend right away. So Raven said, like, give us more time. I think that would have made more sense. And it would be, you know, still be end on a positive note. Like, humanity has hope, whatever. Um, them, them transcending was weird. Like, the judge changing its mind. And then everyone like that, transcends you know? immediately. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that was weird. I had something um, in the oven. Yeah, or perhaps they could transcend momentarily to experience what unity of consciousness is like, and then they would go back, right? So, like, maybe the judge would be like, okay, you guys aren't ready to transcend yet, but there's there's a glimmer of hope in you, um, so let me show you what it's like. And then you go back, and you, then you get try again. You get better, and then you try and take the test again later. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I my final objection, like, I guess the ugly is, too many people chose Clark over immortality. I don't, I don't get it. Like these, these people shouldn't. Like maybe one or two people would have made sense, but all these, I, yeah, it was weird. So, um, I guess to to sandwich it again, <laughs> I like that it's. Uh, it, it was a very difficult thing to do. I think after everything that's happened this season, and the way things have been set up. I was very difficult to land an ending that that made sense and was satisfactory and wasn't preachy, um, didn't violate any of the you know premises that had already been set, and um, it, you could argue you could argue it was nearly impossible. So this uh, you know, I think was I love that was, I can feel bubs <laughs> like across the internet just like vibrating. <laughs> So yeah, that's my sandwich. Good job keeping it to just little tiny noises, Bubs. Um, what would you like if I opened up the floor to perhaps a rebuttal? I guess so. I, I mean, it's like I keep struggling with like how much do I say now or how much do I wait till we go through everything. I mean, how about just a quick overall take since Shaheen, you know, yeah. broke down a lot of the things. So just my overall take. Yeah, you're just you're you're, you're quick hit. Okay, well, so, um, I think, like, if I talk just surface level, um, I had told somebody, like, someone's like, what are, what are your expectations for the finale? I'm like, well, I feel like there's going to be, like, a battle, but it's going to be, like, season five, where it was, like, over in two seconds, and then, like, everyone's like, okay, on to the next thing, <laughs> which it very much felt like, um, and I guess, like, you know, when Shaheen talks about how, like, way too many people stayed for Clark, um, I agree with that. And I agree in the sense that there was a lot of moments in this that were, were meant to be, like, character moments and emotional moments. And we've talked about this in other episodes. Um, and I just was like, I want to fast forward. <laughs> um, which sucked. It sucked, like, 
it just was like, okay, let's just get, let's just get and see what happens. I just want to know what happens. Like, let's just get this over with. Um, and it's never like been about that for me. So I, I don't know. Um, and then on top of that, I think the biggest thing, which we'll talk about more later is like, I think that Jason put out messaging that he didn't even realize. And a lot of it is super problematic. Um, from a lot of different angles. And like, it goes from, you know, um, saying that humanity can't be quote unquote good unless you dangle heaven in front of them. Um, it says that like humanity cannot be better. It needs intervention from a master race. Um, and a lot of other things that we'll get into. And that but, bad people should be sterilized. Yeah. And so I was just like kind of shocked. And then when I read an interview, after um after the episode where Jason was like, yeah, I mean, you know, well, like this was a much like happier and hopeful ending than like we normally go for, but you know, I think the I think the fans deserve that. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, like how how on earth is like that ending like hopeful and like I thought it was just like the most like morbid, morose, like cynical way that you could possibly end seven season show um so i i don't know what he saw in that that was different from what i felt was on screen (laughs) but i mean that was my take it was not it was not those things it was just kind of very confusing messaging from someone who i don't think believes those things as far as i know (laughs) um yeah i don't know okay Okay. Thank you for your take. Mm-hmm. Um I think uh, if 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 you don't mind if 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 I go, um I feel like once again I sort of I we often have someone in the middle. Like you you or I or Shaheen will take, you know, well actually Shaheen is usually in the middle, but sometimes I'm in the middle. Um I feel like Bubs you are often you often have pretty strong opinions. Um I I definitely agree with with some of the things that both of you guys are saying, um, but I kind of fall into the okay if we're gonna if we're gonna settle on transcendence, if this is where the show is going, if this is like sort of the story that they wanted to tell, they needed to start sewing that thread so much earlier for it to land, as opposed to just having Bellamy be like, "It's beautiful, I'm gonna cry." And then all of us being like, wait, what? Is this actually a thing? Is it a thing? I don't know. Is it? What? Is he for real? And then all of a sudden, everybody suddenly, all of our people suddenly believing that Cadigan does have a path to the test, even though we never actually got any proof. Just all of a sudden, everybody independently was like, no, I think he, this is obviously what's going to happen, <laughs> even though Bellamy was full of shit. Like, so I feel like, fine, if if this is the story you want to tell, like, it's not, you know, whether or not I agree with sort of the problematic stuff that you're talking about, Bubs, in terms of, like, the only way that humanity can, like, you know, fix itself is to be fixed um, by, you know, some alien race that wipes you out and merges your consciousness together. Like, A, we already did that story once. And, like, the reasons that Clark chose for it not to happen, chose being the operative word here, not was, like, gifted or, you know, denied entrance, um, was that, you know, like, she chose that, 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 that all of the things that make humanity real, you know, isn't worth, you know, this sort of fake 
heaven, for lack of a better word again. Um, but, you know, if that, if that's the story that we were going to tell, fine. But, like, I wish that we had done a lot more work on that leading back, like, and not just like, well, you know, it's been, it's always been the difference of, you know, whether or not we can do better or, you know, stop our violent ways. Like, yeah, that's great. That has been the theme of the show. And yet you guys in the 11th hour introduced this like alien thing and like suddenly we're supposed to buy it. So that's what didn't work for me on that. Like as a whole was just being like, this is the conclusion of the show. Like, I wish we had never left Earth. Like, Same. you know, like, cause that the way that they sort of, it just felt rushed and sloppy to me in terms of like them not putting in the work to mm -hmm. tell the story that they wanted to tell. Like, you know, seasons one through three, you know, to a degree four and then five, like got really messy in a way. But like, I was like, okay, like, you know, the darkness of Octavia, you know, we're getting some good character work with her, like, great. But then like, as we kind of went along, you know, to, to six and seven, it was like, what are we doing here? Like, this isn't, this isn't the story that we've been telling. You're kind of either rehashing or rewriting or retconning or making these big leaps in in what you're trying to tell us that it just it just didn't work for me um but anyway um so can i just point yeah, out yeah um just in 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 line with what i said before i would say that a lot of the stuff that you said i completely agree with a lot of the criticisms but i don't think they're they stem from this episode so like the whole thing with <clears throat> them not setting it up enough didn't you know there wasn't enough um set up for it and like background for it and everything that you're saying that has um, to do with this whole season or past two seasons that's, yes that's the whole season okay that's in some ways the whole show it's not it's not this particular episode the other thing with like them the stupid thing with like oh bellamy is full of shit but also transcendence is real thing which we've been complaining about for several episodes again that's not specific to this episode um and yeah, I would say the the thing about the um the comparison with the city of light. Um I this is actually one of the things that I, I liked about this episode. <laughs> I am shocked. Um, I am shocked I, that you like something that called back to the city of light. Well, I mean I I'm I don't know why I didn't list this as as one of the good things, maybe because I was saving it for later. But uh is uh, you know the We've wondered, I've, I have always wondered what exactly was Clark's problem with the City of Light. Uh, and one interpretation is what you just said, which is the problem is this is just not real. Humanity needs to feel pain and life is meaningless without pain and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, which I think is cheesy and stupid. Um, and the other interpretation is the City of Light was fine if Ali gave people a choice. The only problem with the City of Light was that there was no choice. Um, there was a fake choice. Like, you'd be tortured if you didn't. <laughs> so you um, can choose death or <laughs> not death. Um, sort of. So this this episode sort of confirms that that, that, was, that was the right interpretation. That the problem with the City of Light is not the... City of Light itself is not the way the City of Light works. The problem is just that people weren't given a choice to go back if they wanted to. Um, and so this is just the City of Light plus choice. And no one has objections to that, apparently. And well, so it's that, the City of Life. Vindicates me. 
plus choice <laughs> with an asterisk. Because again, like to Bubs's yeah. point, like they are sterilized and they don't get to like it's 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 life, but it's not quite the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the thing is there was a choice first to take the test, right? So they said you can refuse to take the test as as Becca did. And nothing would happen to you. You would just go back to being... Then, of course, you know, crazy Bill with his, you know, savior complex and, you know, delusions of grandeur was like, no, 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 I'm going to take the test. Yeah. And uh, and so there's a choice there. Um, and then and you explain the term of the, the test um, clearly. Like, okay, if you win, you transcend... Well, not super clearly because... <laughs> Transcendent itself is not explained very clearly, but um, but they tell you that like okay, you can refuse to take the test, but if you decide to take the test, here are the rules. If you lose, all of you will be wiped out, um, or if you fail the test or whatever. Um, and so then there's a choice involved there, and then afterwards you can, if you do transcend, you can choose to come back. Now, I I agree with you that it's still iffy because of the whole thing like well i mean i think the main iffy thing about it is not so much that there is no choice it's that it's still tribalist like the judger species is still very Our much dicks. tribalist huh are dicks <laughs> yeah because like why is it that all of humanity is judged based on one person and you either all transcend or you all get wiped out um that's the part that like the choice is given only to one person to decide for everyone. Um, and so... And if... Not to be whatever... if part to me. If humanity is so, A, flawed, and B, if the alien race is so omniscient, shouldn't they be the ones to pluck out the one person who, like, has the best chance of, like... Or the person that most exemplifies, which I mean, I guess, you know, in our case, you know, obviously it's going to be Clark and then Raven, but like, you know, because there's only 200 odd people left, you know, of humanity. But like, shouldn't the alien species like just randomly beam someone up and be like, hey, you've been selected to represent <laughs> humanity. You seem like the, the most, release. right? <laughs> like you, you're the most human human on the planet. Congratulations. Don't the nine this billionth, up. Nine billionth customer. It's fine. Like that, that to me would kind of make a little, cause you know, like people are terrible. And so what are the odds that people, um, or any of the other alien races for that matter, like put forth their best candidate? Like is the person who wants to be put forth thereby automatically should be excluded because no, you know, no person in their right mind would do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel... Go ahead, I, and then I'm going to move us along because I feel like we were, we're just going to keep talking about this forever. I think it's I think it's like what I was thinking too. The fact that the alien can magically merge everyone's consciousness, leaving their bodies behind into their you know postmortal ooze, and then leave the other people behind, but in- instantly sterilize them with like a, a snap of a finger. All these like magical things that they do, and yes, it's sci-fi because like we don't understand how advanced they are. Um, but it's just, everything's a deus ex machina and it has been since season, I mean, I would argue almost season four. Um, and so, fuck, what was the point of me saying this? 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, like all of these things, like who they pick to test, like why do they even need to do a test? Don't they just look at Earth and they're like, oh shit, no. Let's right, like, or more, merge all of next. the consciousnesses together and be like, okay, like, you know, law of averages, let's see. Let's see how this all shakes out. Right, like with that, with the power that they've established, the whole premise doesn't make any sense. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's get into the actual episode. All right. Um, just because this was kind of sort of the smaller of of the of the storylines uh, before we get to the afterlife, uh, I figured we would talk about the Memori slash Maxon, uh, where we finally got a relatively high stakes death that was then nullified. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we got some slow dancing, and Raven left to go save the world, and we didn't even see her get to off camera, you know, or we she was off camera trying to convince all of the rest of the prisoners to join their war. It was kind of it was it was a very sort of abrupt, like you know, meanwhile um, <laughs> sort of thing that happened. But anyway, um, I don't really, I mean, me personally, I don't have too much to say about it except for the fact that I am really not a fan of them framing Murphy's removal of Amori's um agency as romantic mm-hmm. um and i know i think that they wanted it to be read that way that like murphy was willing to die for that but like amori was pretty fucking emphatic that she did not want murphy dying for her mm-hmm. um but given that she was in a mind drive in his head there was nowhere for her to go so she kind of just had to accept it um that is my take on the whole thing um what about you guys that's interesting. I was it I, romantic to you? Um, I guess I could see it somewhat romantic. Um, I think it would be since he's the one giving up his life, and she was gonna die anyways. Um, I get why it's like like horrible for her, and so I guess like his. Uh, I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. I think that there are tones of romance in it because he would rather they have those final moments together than not at all and him to live forever without her. Because, I mean, I think this relationship, it is like they became completely different people through Mm -hmm. each other. Um, And in a way that like was kind of nice, except for I, I have a huge problem. I'll talk about it in a little bit with the whole heroization of Murphy. I didn't need him to go that far. Um, but but this relationship really was something that brought out the best in each other, you know? For sure. And so from that perspective, it's like, I, I understand, like, Murphy being like, what am I without her? Like, what can... And, and, it, and it's like one of those, you know, stages of grief. And so if you, if you view it through the lens of, like, this is a stage of grief, um, then I think that you can forgive the aspect of agency, um, especially because she was going to die anyways. And so it's more like her perceived invol- involvement in killing him when it's really he's making that decision for himself. Um, but you're right that she can't escape. Um, <laughs> she's so. like, so I thought this transcendence thing was going to be real. I thought that, you know, maybe we wouldn't be hanging out together. And uh, she's been, like, trying to break up with him this whole time, but just didn't know how. Um, yeah, no. Um, Shaheen, what, what, what about you? Um, so 
help me out, help me understand. So you're saying the um, Amori's agency was denied to her because she didn't get a choice in whether well, uh, whether Amor- whether Murphy puts the chip in his head. Yeah, like, she thought that she was dead, and then she clearly was, like, didn't want- I mean, I I do see your point, Bubs, in that, like, yes, technically it was totally Murphy's decision, um, in terms of, like, you know, I don't want to live without you, so I'm gonna put your- your chip in my head and I'm going to be alive as long as, you know, it takes for this, this choice to kill me. Except Mori was pretty fucking emphatic that she did not want that to happen, that she didn't want to be sort of tied up in John's death. And so, you know, it, it was just kind of a weird squickiness for me that like took away from what was supposed to, what was being presented as, you know, this very mm-hmm. romantic selfless gesture. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm still not sure. I mean, Amori was dead. If if Murphy hadn't done anything, Amori would have been dead. So yes. she didn't really have any choice whatsoever. Um, and now, so Murphy decides that he wants to sacrifice himself. Isn't that his choice? Like, sure, but Amori she, doesn't like it, but that's she not will experience to her. his death too. Like, what if she doesn't want to be, what if she doesn't want that on her conscience? Yeah, it, it's kind of like the forcing a loved one to watch you die, just so that you can watch them die. I mean, it's, isn't that really different from, like, uh, what's her name? Dioza mm-hmm. saving uh, Hope by by killing herself? Like, jumping in front of the proto-molecule or whatever? <laughs> Yes, because she saved Hope's life. But if, for example, um, if Hope had accidentally touched the crystal and then Dioza hugged her and her final moments was just dying with her mom when she would have preferred for her mom to live on, Mm. that's, I think that's like a more close comparison. Hmm. I mean, if if there was no, if they didn't transcend, Murphy's plan was that <clears throat> they would die um, together. Well, I thought what would happen is Murphy would die and Amori would get to live in Murphy's body. Um, the the that was sort of what what they explained like the same thing that happened with uh, what was that? Oh Jesus! I didn't even think about that. Wait, what? What was the evil lady? Uh, Josephine. Josephine. Yeah, the same thing that happened with Josephine and Clark is, you know, that um, the I guess the rule is the only one can um, survive in the head, like right. The rule is only one, one and, and, and moreover, that the the new uh, that the old host will die, and the new one will take the the consciousness will the new consciousness will go to that body. No, um, no, I think um, they both. They both die because the only reason Clark stuck around was because she had the neural mesh. But neither Murphy nor Amori took the chip, correct? So they didn't have the neural mesh. So they were just going Amori to... took the chip. Did she take the chip? Yeah. She was oh, yeah, because she said that she was fine. She did take it. Team. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then, I mean, maybe, but I think it was still, like... I think I, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. I'm not going to. But um, I think it was that either one of the either they battle it out 
And one wins. Like, remember when Josie slit Clark's throat in her mind? <laughs> um, that sounds so silly to say out loud. Um, but either they <laughs> kill the other person or they both implode, I think. Mm. Either way, it, it, nothing good is happening. No, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, anyway. Um, I don't feel super squeaky about it. Um, I do I, I mean, think... I'm sure it was Sorry, just me. Um, I I do think the um, the whole Amori thing, like it was a very long setup. You know, her like she was injured for two episodes, and you know, it took a lot of both episodes. Um, and it was kind of yeah, it was just like a, a lot of a, a do for nothing. Like, <laughs> um, she didn't even die, so it was kind of just it seemed it felt like a filler like a waste of time Mm -hmm. Um, manufactured drama yeah that that was my main problem with it what bubs you had you had some stuff about about um sort of murphy of it all oh yeah so like this whole season um everybody keeps commenting about murphy being the hero right And to the point where I was just like, okay, we get it. Wow. (laughs) Um, Just like, just really not subtle at all. Um, And I thought because of that, in the end, either Amori would be the one who got to play the hero. Or, you know, we were setting up for an epic hero's death in Murphy. But we didn't get either of those things, you know, when... When, um, in the episode where Amori gets hurt, um, when I saw the rebarb sticking out of her, I was just like, oh, so they're going with Amori getting injured? Like, to me, like, balance-wise in the story, that didn't make any sense, you know? Um, especially because she's just as much a hero as Murphy, so why are they highlighting only the fact that Murphy is a hero? And it just kind of felt like... It's like when um, when we talk about, like, wage inequality between men and women, it just feels like such a classic case of, like, a woman being overlooked um, for being on a team and her male colleague is getting all the credit. Um, <laughs> and so when you add to that that she's the one injured, not him, so then he gets to further play this hero role of saving her and being chivalrous and you know breaking apart concrete with his bare hands like i it just kind of felt like a fan fiction you know um this was the weirdest like this episode was the weirdest kink meme prompts filled like that no one that no one asked for that no one like like it was like you get Lexa but she's an alien like here's 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 Gaia back in but she's on green screen because we don't actually have Tati like it was like look you get some Maxin but they're weirdly slow dancing and what it, it was just yeah it was just the strangest episode of 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 fanfic or like if you squint real hard Levitt dying Levitt being pulled off the battlefield by Octavia and and Echo kind of looks like Bellamy. Like, it was just, it was odd. It was so weird. It was so weird. And and the whole time I was like, uh, 
I just didn't understand the balance in the story. There was like, it was off balance is the best way I can describe it. I'm sure that there's like official story terms for why it didn't work. Um, and, and the thing is, I, like I've said this a million times, I love Amori. I mm-hmm. love Murphy and Amori together. I think they're a great relationship. Obviously, they're the best one that ended up being on the show. <laughs> um, but it's just, which is sad because it was really like a side relationship until the season. <laughs> it really was. Um, so I didn't like this end, uh, ending for them. Like, I'm glad it was happy in the end um, of everybody, like them getting to stay together made sense. Well, and um, it was it was a way for them to sort of hand wave why Amori got to live in eternity with Murphy. Well, she was already in his head. So somehow yeah. two mind drives get to transcend. We're just going to not even explain that. Yeah, exactly. And but also like what I was talking about earlier about the whole like the sterilization thing. Um I thought like especially with the Mori and you guys knew my theory from earlier where they're like pregnant, oh, pregnant Mori's Mori. glowing and I swear that they changed like I know that Jason changes his mind a million times but unfortunately that leaves like a bunch of like these threads that you're just like okay, so that was just like a random word. Um why was she glowing? <laughs> um so anyways, um so Amori was a freak drena. She was cast out because like her genetics were not good enough. It was not okay to have a mutation. Um, so I think sterilizing her and having like it be impossible for her and Murphy to ever have children um, that would be loved regardless of what their hands look like. Um, I think that that is exactly what's wrong with the whole sterilization angle. Um, and it's such a perfect example to the point of being like, God, how did you guys miss how horrifically wrong that was? Um, so yeah, I guess it ends, to me, it ends like kind of in a tragedy only because like, that would be a really great way to turn the story around for them, specifically based on their origins and everything that they've been through. Agreed. Agreed. Like, it's, I think that they were trying to make it, give us one feels, but they kind of, it didn't. At least for me. Um, Shaheen, do you have anything else that you want to say on this before we, before we move along? Since it was kind of just like, we're just going to deal with these tiny characters for a hot second. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's see. I, yeah, I mean, not really. The only thing is... Uh, again, to just pointing out this thing that we've pointed out a million times, when Murphy is like, okay, is talking to Raven, I believe, and is like, once we get our friends and Maddie, we have to stop Cadigan. And, you know, so which raises the question of, from doing what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think he's doing? <laughs> um, I don't get, yeah, so this, we've talked about this before, like, do you make up your mind? Do you believe in transcendence or not? <laughs> Right? And, like, if if you do believe in it, then shouldn't you want Bill to do the transcendence thing? Or do you not have faith in humanity? Like, what? Yeah, it's, like, do they just think... It would be one thing if they were just, like, okay, Cadigan shouldn't be taking the test. Right. Which is, you know, what Gabriel said. And it makes sense. Cadigan doesn't sound like a good candidate. Um... That would be one thing, but but to, they just say we have to stop Cadigan from doing what? <laughs> like if they had said we have to stop Cadigan from taking the test, 
great. Mm-hmm. You guys believe in it, but you think Cadigan's the wrong choice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, yeah we have to stop Cadigan <laughs> from from Be- something that you don't believe in. Crazy? Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Be- <laughs> well, well, apparently, Bellamy believed died because he believed in that crap. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also, now we have to stop Cadigan. <laughs> Because that crap might be real, because we suddenly decided to believe. Yeah, I okay. I'm moving us along. This, this, we will just continually go around in this and being like, I mean, but it is so ridiculous. It's really hard not to like fall into the gravity of the ridiculousness. And and I wish like Jason had explained after the fact. Yeah, I mean, my charitable. Go ahead, Shane. I was just saying my charitable interpretation. Is it was all because of the this season's mess. But like it, it can it be there that? was something like I feel like two stories had been merged. Like there was something Bellamy believed in that they didn't believe in, and then there was the whole transcendence thing which they all believed in, but they couldn't make it work, so it all ended up being incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> but but like they're too similar to me to see it like as merging two different stories um especially because like in the cave those little um what did somebody post that was so funny it was like a wine o- opener <laughs> that looked like them oh yeah yeah somebody post yeah did you get wine for this by the way i did okay good yes. good i'm glad um because we definitely need it for talking about this episode but yeah just <laughs> oh like my God, this wait. random brb transcending and it's like one of those like wine openers that looks like a dude holding up his arms (laughs) (sighs) i just realized that my wine the front of it has literally has like anomaly swirls on it god damn it i'm not even kidding (laughs) i'll send you a picture um (laughs) haunted um all right so let's actually move along to the actual to the to the last war slash judgment day where Crazy Bill gets to go into his, you know, really terrible green screen um, on a pier. Which, P.S., why didn't it change? Like, if Lexa, if 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 Callie changed to Lexa, then why didn't the pier change to whatever the memory that Clark wanted? But that's that's a separate issue. Well, um, it had to be the um, the background of the TV Guide photo shoot that Bob and Eliza did. Why? I have no idea, but it if Because you look it's ter- online- <laughs> this episode is terrible fanfic that no one asked for. Um Yeah, I mean <laughs> it did change when Raven went in, right? Yeah. It became the the arc. Um so and, and the the place had significance for Cadigan personally. Yeah, um, exactly. The little thing. So I think like Clark, because she just barged in, she wasn't officially taking the test. The, the, the scenery didn't change for her. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I will say that I'm super glad that we got to spend like ten minutes with Bill and 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 Callie, um, two characters that we've hardly spent any time with. Um, but I'm really glad that we like got to like have that you know sort of heart to heart for them, um, with them. Um, yeah. Uh, so Bill goes in there, takes the test, and then we kind of cut back to the Bardo Bees sort of freaking out on, on the battlefield, and for an army that has been training for hundreds of years, thousands of years, I don't even, it's just, it's been forever, they are remarkably undisciplined and horrible at fighting. Um, and then we get sort of the biggest reveal of 
Levitt, well, Octavia asking if Bellamy will transcend and Levitt being like, no, he doesn't in this, in this, in this story and religion and, and, and alien race that we have made up in this whole thing. God forbid we, we write it so that like all characters, like all dogs go to heaven, all characters get to transcend. (laughs) And it just like, why not write it that way? Why not write it so that. Everyone gets to transcend because as it is, we're getting like 200 of like the most like forgettable red shirts who actually choose to transcend. Cultists, Um, prisoners, uh, barbaric grounders. (laughs) Some bardo bees who are just really bad at their jobs. Um, so bad. So bad. Um, so, so of those sort of like three things, I'm going to hold off on talking about the Lexa and Clark of it all. Um, cause that's, you know, I, th- I think that that does, um, you know, deserve, deserve quite a bit of time to talk about. Um, not just for my Klexa heart, but just, you know, duh. Um, Shaheen, you actually even have the note every time they plow through a bunch of Bardo bees, some grenades and pistols, it makes the whole Cadigan thing look like a joke. Did you mean his training of the army or was there something else about that? No, that that's what I meant. Like, <laughs> this has happened several times. Like they just walk in to the floor from the elevator, and they just start shooting, and all the uh, bardo bees fall down like leaves. And and there's like they, it doesn't really take much work. It's just how yeah, it's <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> but also, you weren't on the last one, but um, we were talking about how you know when they move the bridge to the forest. Um, and Clark and Octavia come through and Lombardo <laughs> Bees is set up, um, with all their weapons and everything. It just looks so silly because it doesn't matter how many guns you have. It doesn't matter how many rocket launchers you have. Yeah. It's a bunch of humans in their Power Ranger suits, um, with rudimentary ammo fighting against a master race. That is going to judge them and is so far technologically advanced. And they know this. They've been informed of how far technologically advanced the society is. I mean, they can teleport them to different planets. Why do you think that you can beat them in a war? Why? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it just I didn't even so think about that. Silly. That, that, that so you know, silly. 150 Bardo Bees thought that they could, that they were really going to be prepared for this, even though that they have all gotten their asses handed to them repeatedly by Octavia, yeah. Hope, and Echo. And everyone else. Clark comes in, you know, she just threw a grenade, and <laughs> and that's all, that's all they needed to do. So, like, if, are the, uh, the, the judger species. They, they they just have to come in and throw a grenade. That's it. <laughs> like a really big alien grenade, maybe. Yeah, it doesn't take much. So, and, yeah. and did you see how, uh, what's his name? Um, Jordan? He just immediately disabled all, all of their weapons. Well, that's because he, like, he did something that his dad would be proud of and impressed by. And he had a special so, like, backpack. <laughs> Like so, their their weapons can just be disabled like that. It was, yeah. So why didn't they do that before? Um, no, I'm just saying. Like the, the alien movies? species can just come in and disable their weapons. If, I mean, they they have the technology, <laughs> right? I mean, how many civilizations have they quote unquote fought before? Obviously, they've won every single time, <laughs> right? Or like the fact that like. Gotten- 
better. The, the original Bardoans were apparently ten foot tall giants, and yet you know were were turned into crystals. Um, and yet these poorly, poorly trained Bardo bees were like, we got this. We got this. We, we've set up a couple barricades. We have a little bit of barbed wire. We've got invisibility helmets, first of all, that like in no way can ever be interrupted by one, a guy wearing a, a Ghostbusters EMP on his back. Um, <laughs> no, we got this. Uh, so anything, I, I, I'd like to talk about the Levitt, the Levitt conversation because they made a fucking point of that. Like, Octavia had always wanted to, like, you know, talk to her brother, and, like, Levitt was basically like, you're never gonna get to talk to him again, he will not transcend, none of the other dead people will ever transcend. Like, how did that read to you guys? Like, I thought it was petty as shit, but, like, am I just... Oh. Yeah, no, I I actually saw this really bizarre article um, that was trying to explain why Bellamy wasn't in the finale, um, you know how like there are these articles, it, it, it's kind of um, embarrassing um, to read them. Like they clearly have no idea what's been going on on the show. Oh, those. Um, you don't yes. have to be embarrassed here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> there was one and of those. Just- there were, sorry, real quick. There was one of those for, so everyone's been watching The Haunting of Bly Manor like this weekend and, and we were no different. And there was one article that I read that was talking about how like... So there's a very central lesbian relationship in the show and yes there is a line where one of them says you're my best friend but like it was in the context of any other heterosexual <laughs> relationship being like you're my best friend like you know I want to marry you the whole thing you know like except that for sort of trope except this article was like these friends and you're like what? <laughs> what did you you just didn't watch you did not watch the show did you why anyway. don't you think she went through with her wedding <laughs> after the sexy seamstress was sexy <laughs> oh my god sorry go ahead shaheen i just had to those articles are so embarrassing like how do people get yeah. paid to write them yeah and so it was like and, and i think like they interviewed jason and it was so funny because jason was clearly bullshitting them and because it was like so um, even though the the fans would have liked to see Bellamy, uh, we wanted to stay consistent with our rules because we, our rules were that the dead can't transcend. It's important to this for the story to to not violate its own rules. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, it make it's sense. <laughs> you made the rules. You could have made them differently. <laughs> and. And also, like, no, that's not at all why we didn't see Bellamy. Like, <laughs> you didn't have to kill Bellamy. Like, that's... that's like These, these are rules that you just happened. made up in the last three episodes. <laughs> especially just this one episode where you had a guy who was clearly supposed to be Bellamy's character be like, nah, he doesn't get to. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Levitt was single white femaling Bellamy and was like, no, he doesn't get to transcend. I get to wear the white suit in heaven. Like, ugh. No, but yeah. like seriously, I wrote that down too. I was like, so you know, Jason's always like, "Death is death." When I say it's death, and so like with Amori, the whole story it was just like, oh, so she became just her chip, but she's still alive, and because Murphy put the chip in his body, and that's the loophole. Like, sir, you made up the rules. Like, obviously, you have no problem creating new rules as seen by every Dusex Machina that we've seen since season four, which is a lot. <laughs> um, and so if you don't want somebody be, to be in the finale, 
they're not there. <laughs> and that is the only reason. Yeah. Um, so don't pretend that it, this is like, oh, shit, you know, we couldn't bring him back because this was the rule. And we, we wrote, you know, we've been we've been harping on these rules since, you know, season two. So, <laughs> you know, we can't we can't just willy nilly invent some alien race in the, you know, in the 11th fucking hour of this show. Like, that would be crazy. It's just like, <laughs> I just can't. Like, also, like, you know, when we go back to um, Shithada, when he was like m- mortally stabbed in the gut. Um, and and bleeding know, a lot. Like, whenever in a TV show or movie you see somebody dripping blood like that, exhibit Amori uh, yeah. dripping blood onto the ground, they're dead. They're supposed to die. Like, that is, that is universal, like, like visual cues to the audience that they're fucked. Mm-hmm. Oops a doodle. Yep. And yep. then he goes to Bardo and it's like a two second recovery. <laughs> um so when you look at all these these situations like oh those people couldn't ascend. Like um no you didn't want them to. <laughs> yeah I mean to me it's to. obviously like again whatever happened with Bob Morley that we don't know they just couldn't have him for more episodes. And so all of this is just um, rationalization. You know, obviously that's the real reason. Well, yes um, and no. And there's really no point talking about this because, like, there is no other gener- There is no other explanation. It's just whatever happened behind the scenes. I agree with that to an extent, but I think that Gaia blows that whole explanation <laughs> away um, to nothingness because... Um, so Bob supposedly asked for time off at the beginning of the season, why they had to kill him off early. I have not <laughs> Um, but so if we, if, if we think like, okay, so his availability was the issue, um, then, you know, you work around that because I don't understand how they can work around it with Gaia and CGI her into the finale. But Bellamy is dead and can't come back. And he's also not available. Yeah. Is well, he not because available? They're not because on good terms, Gaia I was <laughs> Well, but the thing is, like, I don't, I don't hold it as, like, he, I, I don't, I don't know. We don't know, but I don't think that that's what happened. So I'm going to, as, as, as this is well-worn uh, ground, mm-hmm. um, if 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 you guys don't mind, um, I do. Th- you know, there's no way that we can avoid talking about the Lexa of it all, or mm-hmm. not Lexa, as the case may be. Because again, like much like them being like Bellamy doesn't get to transcend, there's absolutely no reason that it couldn't have actually been Lexa. Does that make sense? Like it's kind of like they were trying to be like, like they wanted the praise of getting ADC back to do this, but they didn't want to like perpetuate the ship war by actually making it Lexa? Does that make sense? Like, it's kind of like being like, look, you get to have her, but also she's an alien. And like, so it was just kind of like, well, there's there's no reason. There's no reason why Callie couldn't have come back to Bill and been like, yeah, I'm Callie. Well, except for the fact that what? That they've decided that like there there's no reason that they couldn't have been like, you know, this is, you know, I am an extension of your mind or whatever. Like, it just felt like a detail that was not unnecessarily cruel. Like, it didn't feel cruel. It just made it have absolutely no emotional impact because it wasn't her, because it wasn't, yeah. you know, actually Lexa. 
um, at least, you know, and granted I am, I'm the lone Klexit on this, on this podcast, but like, I should have felt a little bit more about getting to see her again. And I fucking didn't like much, much like you should have given two fucks about Bellamy dying bubs. Yeah. And I just not, it was just kind of. The show took you to a place where you're like, okay. <laughs> like of all things, if you had told me like without any context, like at the end of like at the, like at three oh seven, if you had been like, "Listen, this is horrible, but you're gonna see her again in the finale of the entire series," I would have been like, "Yay, that's great!" And then you know, here we are, and I'm just kind of like, "Well, yay!" It was you know, it was great to have ADC back. Like she stepped seamlessly into the role again. Like that was great, but also, mm-hmm. but why? But why? Like if you're not actually gonna have Lexa, it was kind of like, but why? Like why did Raven get to see? get to see you know abby and and not sinclair you know like why was it abby i just uh. yeah i i mean i definitely agree that the um it just kind of felt um anticlimactic because it was like oh lexa oh no it's not lexa it was shitty fan Um. (laughs) shitty fan fiction this whole episode (laughs) yeah but um yeah. Um, sorry. I, 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 I want, I, it's interesting to me to ask like what, um, I mean, if there's any sort of rationale behind it, uh, what is that rationale? Cause like, so the, um, the judge says we take the form of the person who was your greatest teacher, the source of your greatest failure or your greatest love. Um, and so I take it, and, and they said in the case of Callie, that's all three, right? So um, Callie was Cadigan's greatest teacher, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and the source of greatest failure and his greatest love. Um, and so then I then we we can you know extrapolate that. So Abby must have been Raven's greatest teacher. Uh, I don't know if you could say it was the source of Raven's failure. Well, I, I don't think she did anything to fail Abby. What did, um, what did Abby teach Raven? Yeah. Um, I mean, she was sort of like a spiritual figure, like a mother. Yeah, but her. she provided she provided a nurturing for sure um Mm -hmm. but what what teaching is that you know it's emotional comfort Mm -hmm. but it's not especially now because nobody on earth is going to be a parent um i i don't understand what abby taught like i guess like the only lesson i can maybe think of was um in season four when luna and her people her surviving people come um because they're dying of radiation poisoning and raven is like we cannot afford to give them the the medication because statistically it won't work on them and we're going to need it in the future for other people who it will work on um and then abby ignored her and Murphy helped and they gave it to the person anyways. But I don't know what the lesson there was because guess what? She died. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the lesson was don't 
do triage. <laughs> Which um, is, people would love advice. not to do triage. triage. People would do triage because they decide they, like <laughs> <laughs> they do triage yeah. because they have to. Um. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting because you know, in season um, six, Raven was actually very upset with um, Abby mm-hmm. because of the whole, you know, because she was um, the pills. Well, the pill, and then but then like she killed that guy to to resurrect um, Kane, and and mm-hmm. um, Raven thought that was mm-hmm. very fucked up. Um, and she also shot collared Raven. Oh yeah, <laughs> for for the drugs. Yeah, it's it's a very yeah, heartwarming again, like lesson just... that <laughs> that Raven learned from Abby that mothers are not great all the time. I guess, which is kind of a lesson that already Raven knew because her own mom was not super great. <laughs> Oh my yeah. god, it's such a tragedy when you look back on that, that, like, Abby was a nurturing mother figure and then ended up abusing her and really letting her down from a moral perspective. Um, and so, yeah, what was the lesson? Like, don't be a mom? And so then Raven's like, yes, I can't have kids now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I do like... Um, I do like the the lecture that um, both Clark and Raven give. Well, different lectures that they give to the judge person. True, being like um, you're full of shit. Yeah, I like that. That's one of the things that I was saying. Like um, that I like about this finale, and and I think like it sort of checks the boxes. Is it's very true to the spirit of the the show. Something that we've kind of been missing, I think, in the past few seasons this clash of perspectives and and you know the, just like um you hear two sides talking and and you kind of feel like yeah they kind of both both have a point and and it's you can't really tell who's the good guy i mean there, it seems like it's just a bunch of people or creatures or whatever um doing what they do and you know they all just do whatever and they're they're all flawed and um and yeah so like the fact that like the judger species wasn't presented as um like this infallible or like um beyond criticism thing you know um that's i like that that sort of like makes the the mythology of the show more uh more believable is like yeah there was no you know uh there was no right or wrong at the end it was just these are also just another species of creatures that do their thing Mm -hmm. um and their thing is kind of weird and and messed up (laughs) um but you know so i like that i like that they give them those lectures i guess Um, where i have trouble with that is that um this whole so the aliens come in as if removed from the whole us versus them battle, right? And so mm-hmm. humanity's greatest fault is the whole us versus them. And mm-hmm. so in the end, in order to get rid of the us versus them, us versus them versus the other them, 
and the other of them is far more advanced. <laughs> and so it says, you know, either you join us or you are going to get sterilized and live out your life and die. And that's it. And so in the end, this whole idea of overcoming us versus them, it's, it's never actually a lesson that is learned or it's never actually seen as something that um, humanity is capable of overcoming. It is yeah. framed as the only way is through intervention from an exterior source. And so from that perspective, the whole, I think it, it's, I, I don't, I think the message is voided by the fact that in the end, it is still us versus them. It's just that them won. Mm -hmm. And now there is no us. Yeah, I uh, like I said before. I, I think it's weird that um, the judger species also seems kind of tribalist, very much so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think that's bizarre. Um, and that sort of goes back to the question of what was the test about? Was the test about getting past us versus them? Was it about impartiality? Was it what? What was it about? What were they testing for? What was their, you know, litmus test or their golden criterion for which species transcends and which doesn't? It, was there a single criterion, or was it just like we'll talk and we'll see how we feel? You know, it, it, that's sort of where all this comes <laughs> from. Is yeah, not not quite understanding how the mechanics of the the test is supposed to work, or like the. More importantly, like, I guess the intentions of the the judger species, like what are, yeah, mm -hmm. like this whole time we're like, oh, it's a war, it's a test, and you know, Cadding was like, yeah, the test is a test of like impartiality and getting over selfish love. Was it that, or was it something else, or yeah, yeah, they, they were never given a rubric. Yeah, they were super unclear because then <laughs> yeah. we have Lex. Which chapter is the test on? <laughs> We, we constantly have Lexa being like, your, 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 your species is so weird. It feels love. And you're like, well, this entire time the show has been like, love is important, but also love is weakness. Like, what, what are you trying to tell us? What, yeah. what, what is the lesson? <sighs> Fuck. Yeah, they said, the, the, the judge said very few species are gifted with love. Um, and so as... Does that make it a, a valuable thing? Like she was like, so few species have been gifted, been given the gift of love. Why did you want to eliminate that? Um, and of course, he didn't get to <coughs> answer because <coughs> he got murdered. And Jason hadn't Clark. figured out the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I guess like, do the um, the judge judge our species? I'm just gonna keep calling them that. They, um, do they feel love? Are they one of the few species that feel love or not? Do they think it's a good thing? You know, all of that was left ambiguous. It's super ambiguous. Um, yeah. Oh, I had something yeah. to say earlier, but now I can't remember what it was. Um, but it, it is just very, like, oh, the whole thing about, so... When Raven goes in, like Clark Luke 
loses the test, um, which, I mean, nobody is surprised at that point because that's yeah. not the Clark that we know. And Clark is awful. <laughs> Clark is, you know, it, it sucks because she became the caricature that people on Reddit called her for seasons, which is not the Clark that I, like, saw. Um, I liked the layered Clark. Um, anyways, um, but, so Raven goes in, and then it's all about this one war that the alien is observing. And it's this weird thing where it's like, oh, they stopped this one instance of a skirmish. And, I mean, I call it a skirmish because there wasn't enough people to call it a war. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it was basically like a playground fight. And this, this, the fact that they stopped this by dangling heaven over everybody... Um, and that was it. And the alien's like, oh, JK, you guys death belong with us. I mean, what? Like, so, so it's just kind of like, it's not the humanity after trial and, and error and working towards this thing overcame tribalism. It's just that there happened to be a ceasefire. And so it, I just don't, like, it's just such a, it's both like a myopic and macro viewed <laughs> cherry picking the I, I don't even I can't even explain it. I mean they couldn't either, <laughs> clearly, but I, Yeah, I mean it's like I said, it would have made more sense if they took Raven's suggestion. You know, she was like, We can change, we just need more time. But but um, it's still dangling heaven over them. And it's kind of like if you need heaven to be a threat that either you go there, you be you're good and you go there, or you go and you're tortured for all eternity. I don't think that that's being a good person. I think that's being blackmailed, you know. Um, and so I think it's like if you and you don't have to like go out of your way, but if if you're doing your part, living your life, not hurting people, I think that you're doing a good job. And then if you go beyond that, if you help the people that come across your path, if you seek out people who need help um, and you make things better for other people, I think that that's amazing. You know, I think that's amazing. And and, and that's it. Like it's, well, but to do it for a reward, that's just work. Well, and like we have, so let's let's look at the people who who did get to transcend. So like you know we have we have Clark as the person who failed, and then Raven as the person who convinced the alien that mm-hmm. people can be better, even though they watched this horrible battlefield where things did not go well. Like at what point does the alien who can see all and know all and you know is godlike to these you know tiny little meat sacks? Do they not see Shade Hedda and go, no, none of you are trans- transcending. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not. Or Echo. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, more in that like, Yeah, like, I mean, it, that's... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I'm just sort of flabbergasted. But because, again, like, they want us... They wrote it in such a way that they are sort of their way out of any criticism is to say, well, these rules are very rigid, except the rules don't make any goddamn sense and they're not rigid. (laughs) They're so arbitrary that you're just kind of like, I can see why Clark and Raven were both like, this is bullshit, especially Clark being like, fuck you. Like, I'm not taking your stupid tests. Like, how can you, how can you judge me when 
First of all, your choice is to any given civilization, A, I didn't want to take this test, but because this other guy did and I came in here to kick his ass for perfectly valid reasons, you're making me take the test. And then to be like, no, you don't pass the test. She's like, I didn't even want to take the fucking test. Like, (laughs) fuck. Rude. Yeah. Rude. Sorry, Shaheen. I, I, I just had to like have my aneurysm on the pod and then you can talk yeah. and then I will move us along. No, no. I mean, yeah, it's, I think we're largely in agreement. I mean, the, like the, the whole Shade Hither thing is problematic again. Like, again, we throughout this whole season, we were like, where is the Shade Hither thing going? Like, it better pay off some in a big way at the end, you know, so, like, for forcing us to sit does. through all of that. Yeah. And, and now in retrospect, it looks, um, really weird because like this entire season, this man was showing how horrible people are. Um, like more than any other season, like this was the first time we had someone who's like unequivocally, unequivocably just evil and just stupid and is the cares about nothing but but power which again i i object to from like a realistic standpoint i don't actually think there are people like that out there there aren't that many of them i i think that like even like the most you know maligned uh dictators and tyrants for the most part, they, they thought they were doing something good and they had, they had a cause beyond just, I want power. And having power is generally not fun. Um, and people who haven't had power think that it's a lot of fun, but it's not. So, <laughs> um, it's, anyway, like, I, so those are all the problems I have with Shade Hedda in general, but, more specifically, like throughout the show, we've had, you know, it's always been like, yeah, they're all just different perspectives and there are no good guys. And there's, you know, um, everyone's just fending for themselves or whatever. Shade had a objectively have, had a dumb perspective. <laughs> yeah, he, he had <laughs> nothing to offer. Like I was waiting and waiting and waiting. Like maybe at some point he would be like, okay, yeah, I, I'm brutal and kill people. But look, now we have unity. Or something like now they're not people aren't fighting anymore because because I united them. There was like a little hint about like he was the one who united the clans, you know, or something like that. And um, and but it never, it, nothing ever came of it. Um, and and more than that, it just it just made it so much more implausible that that humanity would transcend, like. As long as this guy is, I mean, like, even at the very last minute, they were still listening to him. You know, when, when he was like, when he came in and I was like, I have a command here. And I said, you strange, you down. They were still listening to him. So like, why would anyone transcend? People are clearly awful. (laughs) Like more than any, like, this is not something that this show has generally been trying to convey that like. Um, that like there are certain people that are just like plain awful. It's always been like everyone's struggling to do, to survive and do you know their thing and what's good for their people and whatever. Except for this one guy who, for some reason, was like 
one of the most important characters this season and, and survived until the very last minute. And people were still following him till the very last minute, like a bunch of idiots, until he got blown away. And then people transcended. Like, it just um, contradicts the whole message, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I mean, so, yeah, I he, again, it's like, the show, in season three, it felt like they were trying to say the grounders aren't barbarians, that there's more to them. And then they spent the seasons after that being like, no, I'm sorry, no, 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 grounders are huge barbarians. They they just want to kill people. It's what they do. Right, like, they, they, the whole point, the whole point of, like, Lexa and Clark together was, like, Lexa being the grounder that talked with Kane that was like, oh, you might have a point here. Oh, but JK, she gets killed by a stray bullet because, yeah, people are barbaric and make, you know, rash and do stupid things. And then, like, nobody learned Hashtag anything. tradition. Yeah, like, no one learned anything from it. Um, Welp, so do we have anything else that we want um, before we get a little bit further into the battle, or? Um, well, I guess, so you talked about the the ups and downs of bringing Lexa back and how it was nice that... Oh, yeah, how did was... you feel about it as as a Balarker? Not that you hated Lexa, but, like, no, just, no, no, like... No, no, not at all. And I liked Lexa. I cried when Lexa died. Like, <laughs> I, I was cried, like, damn it. What? Like, you you decided to do this, and now, like, why? <laughs> um, so, um, I guess it made me angry because I just, I could not see past the cynicism of her, of him bringing Lexa back, and it's not Lexa, you know? Um, so okay, then, so that, like, didn't ring true for you either. No, not even a little bit. It was just kind of like... But why? Like, the only thing that it did was to rank Clark's loves. And that was, that felt something like, you know, that's something that fandom does. Fandom spends time ranking characters' love. Um, but shows don't usually do that. Shows don't usually take the time to say, like, this is the person that this person loved most, you know? Um, so I thought that that was weird. And I thought, like, well, I'm happy that it's made people happy. That's that's kind of how I felt about that aspect only. Um, but at the same time, and this is the part where I'm like, I hope I do not get crucified for saying this, but um, I, when I think about like, what if that person had been Bellamy that Clark was confronted with? And I'm going to just ignore the fact that like, the creator was fighting with Bellamy or, or Bob or whatever. But, like, in season, Clark having to face the person that she killed. Yeah. Now knowing that transcendence is real. He was right, and she killed him. Yeah. You know? And she killed him, and Maddie still, quote-unquote, died. And, you know, the way that we saw Levitt handle Maddie being tortured, don't tell me that Bob would not, or Bob, Bellamy would not have reacted the same way and stopped it. And, And this is where I get into... There's a lot of people on Reddit who are like, well, no, Bellamy would have killed everybody if Cadigan demanded it. And I'm like, no, do you remember that the only reason that Bellamy um, put Clark in MCAP and Raven in MCAP is because if they didn't go into that, they would have been killed. <laughs> like, he was trying to save them from being executed. Um, it was not like him being like, well, we have to get the truth. It was him being like, you guys have to do this or you will be killed. <laughs> and I do not want you guys to be killed. Um, and so going from that perspective, 
Um, so Clark facing, you know, and, and this would have been Clark's biggest failure. We don't have to get into like the love of it. Like I'm not asking the show to say that Bellamy was Clark's greatest love because clearly they're saying that that's not true, whether they put him there or not. Um, but a great failure, great failure, certainly, especially because, you know, she carried so much guilt with Lexa's death and blaming herself. But like, as the audience, we knew that like, it wasn't her fault. Yeah. But she fucking shot Bellamy. She and shot it turns him. out that like, he was she, right. And he doesn't get, he, he didn't get to see any of it. Like it, it, it's just all the things that she did. And the fact that the show never addresses it. And yes, like Shaheen said, like they say, Bellamy was right. Octavia says that once. No one ever has a conversation about how Clark killed Bellamy for no reason. And it was awful. And it was cruel. And it was not the right thing to do. No one ever talks about that. Clark doesn't talk about it. So her having to face Bellamy and reckon with that would have been hella emotional. And and yeah. so, you know, Lexa coming back and being that person, like, Yes, it's fan service. I'm glad they're saying that she was the love of Clark's life because after everything that Jason put the fandom through, I think that that's the least he can do in a respect. But also the very least in not making it Lexa. So at that point, you're just kind of like, if you're going to make it an alien, it almost, not to be whatever, should have in some ways been Bellamy because like that would have sort of stirred... Emotion. It, it would have been it would have been a reminder to Clark of like, holy fuck, you killed your best friend and he was right, and your daughter still died, and like how Look does at, that make you, you feel? Look at your life choices. Like kind of, yeah. Like <laughs> if 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 they had allowed Lexa to be Lexa, I think it would be a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's just um it, it just would have been like I think it would have been more poignantly emotional because it's like part of the season and it's a part of the season that was that had no closure you know um and so yeah clark never got any fucking closure on bellamy i mean no one did if we're being honest nobody did nobody did and so it's just i can't like see past the fact that like how much closure would have been reached through that and how emotional it would have been to finally have clark like face what she did. That she you know? fucking killed him. And also, like, why is it that, like, your greatest failure, um, your greatest love, or your greatest teacher... So failure wasn't really an aspect of any of them, except for apparently Cadigan. But, like, Bellamy would have been a perfect example of that. And I don't know. It's just, like, I can't see that scene with Lexa and not think that it should have been Bellamy. And I just mean... I only mean that in the sense of, like... You know, you're not talking about it in a Balark way. No. Like, it's not I, like not this was all. romantic. Not at all. But I, I'm, I am talking about it like in a, in a sense that would be satisfactory to everybody watching, regardless of whether they shipped it or not. Um, and I don't get why it wasn't a part. Like, Shaheen will say, because, like, he was not available. Um, but the thing is, like, if Bob wasn't available for all the episodes, then, you know, film what's important. <laughs> You know, maybe we didn't need the Becco scene that led to a <laughs> lifetime movie with Echo going for revenge. <laughs> maybe, maybe we didn't need that. Um, but yeah. we needed more no, for I, his story closure. 
yeah, what what did what did you think about the Lex of it all versus the possible, you know, Bubs's posit that it could have been Bellamy yeah. Shaheen? Yeah, no, I think I agree with that. It it would have been um, more emotional, more, um, you know, more of a punch, uh, and more in in tune with the story of this season. Um, if it were Bellamy, I agree with that. Um, again, uh, I, yeah, I just, obviously I think it's because they were fighting. They were not in good terms. I don't know how they got him to, to play those few episodes. Was he in like three episodes? If that. Maybe it was like a contractual obligation he couldn't get out of or something, but it clearly... We don't know, but clearly he didn't want to be in any of them. I that's, think he didn't want to. That's be not in what the I've shows. heard. That's not what I've heard. Well, that's not what they tell us, of well, course. Of course, that's not what Jason would tell us. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like that's that's the most plausible explanation. Is that there was some kerfuffle behind the scenes? They're just not in good terms. Somehow they got him to reluctantly act at, you know, the But you don't know if it was reluctant. Was they could have just written him out and he could have wanted just four episodes off. And they're like, well, fuck you. We're going to write you out yeah. of the season. Like we, 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 you can come at it from both sides. So, you know, I would, I would hazard to, I, I would caution against sort of speculating what exactly happened because I don't think, you yeah. know, unless NDA is expired, we're never going to know. But, you know, whether or not... <sighs> Choices were made, and it left with an unsatisfactory yeah. story. And I, I, I doubt that the Lexa of it all had anything to do with Bob. I'm sure that they spent a gob of money to get her up there, mm-hmm. like for whatever reason. But I would like to, if it's okay, maybe move us along into um, sort of the transcendence of it all. Which, again, Levitt gets fucking shot in his white suit through the heart and is dragged off the battlefield by Echo and Octavia, which tell me that that was not supposed to be Bellamy. Um, you can't because it was. Um, and then and then people start turning into golden groots. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say before, before yeah. we get into that, um, I just really appreciate this is another thing that I really like about this episode is the line that Octavia has, which is, I've been to war. And the only way to win is to not fight, um, is not to fight. Um, I like it's a hard lesson um, for Octavia to learn because she always wanted yeah. to fight. I mean, it's very apropos to our current situation um, because I think once fighting starts, it's hard to stop it because every uh, both sides will have anecdotes of how they've been wrong and how what they're doing is just a response to what the other side did both sides will keep saying oh they started it oh we're the ones who you know whatever and uh, they will just find all sorts of stupid reasons why they're not the same as their enemies even though they are i think it's very hard to start a war and not become the same as your enemy um and so I do think the really the only way to to stop fighting is to stop fighting to just realize okay we can't just keep going <coughs> going on like this taking revenge for things that happened before because it, it will never stop because then you're going to take revenge about what I did and then I'm going to want to take revenge for what you did and and it's just going to keep going like that 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I Hatfields mean, that's and the situation McCoys. we have. Huh? Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the situation we have in, you know, in the Middle East. And, you know, with, you know, like it's it, when you talk to the people, you know, I mean, take Israel and Palestine, when you talk to people, um, they all have stories about like how they've been wrong and how, you know, um, they can't, ju- they just can't be friends with these people anymore because of X, Y, and Z. Um, and it will just, that will never be settled. No one is ever going to be convinced that, oh yeah, I guess you're right. We started it. Um, you know, that's never going to happen. So the fighting is never going to stop until you stop fighting. But like, um, the idea that we can, we can end war by fighting it, I think is just not right. But I think that I understand what you're saying, but I think there's merit in exploring the fact that some people would never get um, progress, justice, freedom if they didn't fight. Like, I I don't know if you, you know, for example, if we go back way back when in America, if you were to say slaves, just don't fight, like, just do something else. Things will just get better, probably. Um, Mm There are situations like you're just supposed to turn the cheek continuously and live your live the oppression i I, i'm not saying that like Mm -hmm. violence is the answer i'm just saying that sometimes saying that violence isn't the answer is a position of privilege and Mm -hmm. you of course it's easy to say that from afar um but when it feels like you don't have options and you're not Mm -hmm. being heard and you have no agency then what are you supposed to do what you just um, take it? What about nonviolent protests? How do you nonviolent protest when you're just going to get killed? What do you do after your nonviolent protests haven't ever worked? Like, what do you... Um, well, that's not true. Nonviolent protests work. They always work. They always work. Because, and the re- they have worked every time people tried it. They, they worked in South Africa. They worked in India. Um, they worked in America. Um, and you know, it's, and the reason they work is because there is no ambiguity whatsoever who is right and who is wrong, who is oppressing who and who is hurting who, when you just never attack back, um, you know, you, you, you let them hurt you and people will see that. And then, um, and that's how you get to stop it But you're, you're... because people see that you're in no way like them you're clear there's no ambiguity as to which side is which but you're viewing this in a sense where everyone is seen as equals and in a situation where people are viewed as cattle for example if if the cattle stop being useful they get killed they get killed you know and so it's it, it it's not the same equation it's you know they'll they'll kill them they'll just get different ones <laughs> um i'm sorry what well, how do i why am i assuming that everyone's equal well because when you say like it's clear who's wrong the assumption is that they are equals and one person is wrong and not the um what's the word um the rightful owner who is taking out its flock uh-huh. Well, 
the the goal is to achieve equality, right? So we want people to see uh, or to come to the conclusion that um, people should be treated the same. Um, and so, yeah, of course, you know, we're talking about a situation where originally starting um, people are not treated as equal. If they were, then there would be no reason to protest. Um, <clears throat> but the question is, how do you get people to see that that's not right? Um, and, you know, you, when you, when you take revenge, it becomes very difficult to explain, you know, because like, well, so there's a difference between defending yourself. If you're physically being attacked, um, and you defend yourself, people usually understand that that's not something that people will, uh, object to, and they will not equate you with your enemy. But war will always involve killing people who didn't directly attack you or hurt you. Um, it always involves treating people like so we're, groups. We're specifically and not talking like about war. Like we're we're specifically talking about war, which is which is very different in a way than because you have people up at the top directing armies, and like the person in front of you that you're supposed to stab never did anything directly to hurt you. Is that that's the distinction that you're making? Um, right. And I mean, in, in a war, it's sort of like, I mean, that's, that is a problem with wars, but like, it is, um, sort of sanctioned by certain international rules and whatnot that we understand that like, okay, if he, a sovereign nation attacks another sovereign nation, then the, the nation that got attacked gets to attack back. And that's justified, even though that may involve killing people who didn't do anything to you. Um, we don't, I mean, after, during the war, during World War II, this was a common practice to, you know, carpet bomb cities and whatnot, you know, and just to just like cripple your enemy. Uh, and that would involve, you know, killing all these people who did nothing, did nothing to you, right? Um, people were just living in those cities. They, they didn't necessarily endorse their, their government's actions. They, they weren't fighting in the war. Uh, you had, and, but you end up killing them. Uh, and then we had the Geneva Convention, which says you don't, you can't do that. Even in a war, you still don't get to just kill anybody. If, if you end up killing civilians, there are restrictions, uh, on when that is okay. You know, it has to be, um, necessary and proportional, um, and, um, and, uh, you know, there, there are rules that apply to when you're allowed to kill civilians. So, um, it used to be that in a war, it, it was all fair game, but that's not the case under humanitarian law anymore. Um, so, but, but, you know, this, I mean, that's like an official war between two sovereign nations. We're talking more about a, a situation where, uh, like in sort of unofficial or informal war or like just protests or civil war or something like that, where, um, there are no clear belligerent factions. It's not like, oh, it's this, these people fighting against those people. It's just that some people have grievances and then they start hurting people. And those people who were being hurt, they didn't necessarily have anything to do with those grievances. 
Uh, and when that happens, no matter how valid your grievances are, you lose legitimacy because now you've done what you were objecting to, which is killing someone who did nothing to you, hurting someone who did nothing bad to you. I, I, um, think, so, I yeah. think there's a little bit more nuance needed in this because, again, you're lumping in protest with war, which is two very different things. Like you can have a group who is oppressed and who feels oppressed and who feels unheard um, and who is perhaps, you know, you know, being being ruled over, um, you know, uh, unjustly by by another group um, who is intolerant of them. And and it's 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 a mistake to then get stuck into um, the 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 tolerance paradox. I do agree in and what I think that Octavia is trying to make the point of if you have two otherwise quote unquote equal groups for this for the purposes of this argument you know the grounders versus the bardo bees are equal um they are both armies they have both agreed to be there um they are both armed you know they could you know it's a 50 50 toss-up whatever whatever you know happens um you know to octavia's point in that instance yeah you have two higher up groups that you know decided that you know these people are the enemy for no real reason, like beyond sort of just, um, I mean, I don't even know, like the Bardo bees think that the grounders are their test. I, we, we don't even know why the fuck they're fighting the Bardo bees, especially if it is for all <laughs> mankind. So like that all just kind of falls apart with them. But to your point, Shaheen, like in terms of Octavia being like the only way to, to win a war is not to fight it. Then yes, like in in their instance, there is no winning because they are the last two hundred people of the human race, and them fighting accomplishes accomplishes nothing. But I do think that there is a very important distinction that needs to be drawn between people who are oppressed and who are protesting against that oppression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think especially if a group has been oppressed for so long and has exhausted avenues of, 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 of peace or have been betrayed over and over and over by, you know, institutions saying, okay, okay, okay. Like, you're right. Like, you know, you, you deserve, you deserve to be on equal footing. You deserve, you know, all of this sort of stuff. And then betrays that repeatedly. Then I, I, I don't necessarily find fault, um, with any sort of, you know, it, it, not fault, but there's there's understanding in the violence. There's understanding, and to the point where, you know, like at that point, there it, it, it's it's a response to that oppression um, that then to your again to your point could then tip over into revenge, which is where it does get nebulous again because you could be taking revenge out on people who had nothing directly, you know, to do with your oppression. Um, but I think fighting against the system of your oppression, um, or people who are directly physically trying to maintain that oppression on you, I don't think that a violent response is the same thing as two armies fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like I said, it, the, the crucial, and you, you said the crucial point is, are you hurting people who didn't do anything to you? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, yeah. So I think, I mean, that's the common element between the two of them. Uh, I think whether it's protest or, or war, um, and, you know, protests turn into wars like we're witnessing right now. Um, the, the important thing to keep in mind is um, symbolic violence is not going to solve your problem. Hurting people um, 
as a as a sign of protest or as as a way to like uh teach people a lesson that's never going to work that always backfires because then you have like i said you have done what you were objecting to which is hurting people who aren't any harm to you um and so yeah um but i mean so like in we, i lost my turn right? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about octavia <laughs> <laughs> Um, someone else say something. <laughs> something. <laughs> something. Um, fuck, where were we in this run sheet? Um, do we have anything else that we want to talk about with the war? Um, or do we want to talk about this weird fucking afterlife that we had? Like, is there anything else to be done about the war? Well, um, I could say that the whole Raven Sees Abbey saves humanity, yawn. Um, and, you know, we've been struggling, some of us have been struggling with the whole revisionist account of Raven, um, and I think this episode kind of explains everything for us, you know, it wasn't the writers so much forgetting, um, what they had already written in regards to Raven, um, you know, electrocuting prisoners to (laughs) interrogate them, um, but... They wanted her to save humanity since, you know, they forgot to give her a plot line in season five and six. So, and that made people pissy. So they had to, like, remold her character into one who could save humanity. Um, But apparently not with her brain, you know, Raven's strength, um, but with her soul. So I guess in the end, women can't go to heaven with their brain. They still need to use their virtue, which I found highly offensive. (laughs) Because it's not her brain that gets them in there. It's her newfound morality this season. I, yeah. I, I mean, mean, the test the test wasn't really a brainy test. So I don't know. Like, it's not like, oh, who can assemble this machine the fastest? <laughs> but it, it's kind of um, like the whole, when Octavia was queen of the grounders in the bunker. Um, and by grounders, I mean everyone plus Sky Crew. The way that they held their battles was still violently through, you know, fighting when Sky Crew never had a chance, you know? Um, why wasn't it a chess match? Why wasn't it, you know, checkers? Um, because it's not entertaining. Watching two people play checkers is boring as shit. Oh, well, really, like, tell season people seven. Are, people tell are Tell season seven it's boring. <laughs> How many chess games have we watched? Oh, my season? God. And yes, I agree. <laughs> I mean, people are, people are base and violent and like to watch violent shit. Like, that's, I I don't, I kind of, like, what's the line with the aliens? Like, would they have approved of that? Because, like, if two combatants are like, yeah, we agree to this, is it morally wrong? Like, is it, is it gauche? Like, is it something that the alien race would be like, well, I don't know, you guys watched a lot of fucking UFC, so... (laughs) We don't want you to join up. Like, it's it's kind of, again, we, we have such nebulous rules with with the alien race that you're just kind of like, well, I mean, yeah. So they paused fighting for two seconds and suddenly the aliens are like, oh, we see that you have can learn from your mistakes. Like, and Raven specifically asked for more time and they gave five seconds after the fighting <laughs> stopped. And then, like, everyone was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I am turning into Light Bright Groot. Um, 
Right. It kind of felt like, you know, when you were babysat as a kid and your babysitter was supposed to make sure you did your homework and you like did the bare minimum because like they can't tell if you didn't actually do your homework. Um, so, but they would like look at it and be like, I don't know if I'll, like, ah, that's fine. That's good. Whatever. Okay, Let's cool. eat ice cream. I want I ice cream I have to go too. home. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you have anything more about, about Raven's test or anything like that, Shaheen, before I move us into the afterlife? Um... I, I remember what I wanted to say, oh, but I, I, I not, <laughs> well, better late it. than never. <laughs> um, so I was thinking, yeah, I mean, uh, um, I, you were talking about oppression, and I think one issue there where you say, well, if you've been oppressed, then it's okay to use violence. I think the problem there is that um, the a lot of people feel oppressed, and it's not always immediately. Uh, obvious or acceptable to to everyone else that their grievance is is valid and um and in, in order so if they just assume that okay we have convinced ourselves that we're oppressed and so we're going to go ahead and do this um then they again that that's where you lose legitimacy and so my, my example is germans right so it's um, often neglected because of everything that Germans did in World War II, that Germans were severely oppressed prior to World War II. Well, led they to were World treated, War II. Yeah, they were hor- treated horribly in Europe, in Czechoslovakia, in Saarland, in you name it, in France. And they, they were not in, in good shape. They were struggling economically and they were burdened by huge unfair debt and sort of like tribute they had to pay and reparations for the war and whatever the first world war and they were just being squeezed and um and then you know they were like okay so there are these people who are uh oppressing us and squeezing us so we're just gonna go ahead and fight with them uh and we know how that ended um so it's you know like we and and because of what they did, we don't even have sympathy for their oppression anymore. We don't even care that they used to be oppressed, um, because we think what they did is just not justified, regardless. Um, so that was just my example. Is like you, it's easy when you you're sympathetic to the person, but if you if you make that a universal rule, whenever you feel oppressed, you're allowed to hurt people but who didn't. I just, but I would like to say that that was not the point that I was making. Like, I am saying whenever you feel oppressed, you don't just get to burn shit down. But when you have been oppressed systematically over and over and over and have exhausted your nonviolent means, then, you know, it. and, and by exhausted, I mean actually exhausted, not just been like, I wrote, you know, I wrote an angry letter once and nobody responded. So now I'm going to like burn it all down. Like, that's, you know, obviously not what I'm talking about. But, you know, the degree of frustration of trying to work within the system that still excludes you then like i'm not saying that violence is right but i'm saying that it is absolutely understandable Mm -hmm. and that's and that's i would say that no people don't have sympathy for the nazi movement but i think that people can look at what led to the movement and understand how that party came to power um without like forgiving the things that they did. Um, I think it helps to understand, you know, what leads to, I, I mean, it helps people sleep at night, at least that like 
people do evil like that, but you can kind of understand where it sprouted from and how it got so far um, Mm -hmm. because you can see the things that it led to. Um, So no, yeah, it doesn't forgive what was happened, what happened, but it does help to understand the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's, if we don't give people an avenue to have a way to be heard, then I think, I mean, people talk about this with, um, you know, the Black Lives Movement, where it's like, there's a social contract that we all agree to, regardless of whether we send it or not. And the second the social contract is broken, meaning that these things we agree to, you know, I'm nice to you, you're nice to me, um, I do this, you do that. The second that is broken, you know, it's if there's violence, I mean, maybe you should have held to the contract, but you didn't, and you did nothing to make up for it. So, <laughs> I mean... Read, you didn't read the fine print. If you break the contract, you get punched in the throat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... But it's just like, um, if you are going to pretend we live in a polite society, but you do these things that are obviously wrong and get away with them, then why can't... Then why are we supposed to keep acting correct and you keep getting away with everything? Like... It creates an environment where, you know, it's just once the unfairness goes past a certain point, it's understandable why people are not going to adhere to these quote unquote laws that we've set in place, because clearly, like, they don't they're not real if people aren't following them. So why should anybody follow them? Because there's there's no prize. There's no there's no alien race that's going to come down a bit and be like, well, you (laughs) took that oppression so well you were so polite about it i guess you can turn into a golden groot except that's not even what happened because fucking shade had a transcendent so like none of it makes any goddamn sense um wait and echo was given the option well shade Hedda wasn't dead was he did they kill him i don't even know i like I thought, I yeah did they kill uh, him android blew him up well even if she hadn't blown him up well if she hadn't blown him up he would have transcended that's the point. oh yes well that's something i guess fuck um, speaking of transcendence, uh, let's get into the afterlife, uh, where I think all of us are a bit confused, um, as to why they came back. I think Selena <laughs> made a really good point in her review. She was like, if they had at least gotten Bellamy back, it would have, they could have made an argument for why everyone else came back because like Miller would have come back because of Bellamy and then Jackson and this, and then this, and then this. And like, mm-hmm. you could have like figured out why like space crew came yeah. back because Bellamy came back, but like. Bellamy came back for Clark. Everyone else came back for Bellamy because he was the glue between all of those relationships. It would have made a lot of sense. But like, again, as we have talked about for seasons, none of these people have been friends with Clark for years. And so it was just kind of like, well, why did they give up eternity? And like, why was Gaia there? And (laughs) this is actually my well, actually, but I'm going to lead into it right now. If the argument for why Maddie didn't come back was because she wouldn't have anyone for herself to love there, like, you know, romantically or whatever. Why the fuck is Indra there? Like, who the fuck is Indra gonna fuck? And, like, not to be whatever, (laughs) the odds are not great. Like, we have, like, I mean, I can't speak to the actual sexuality of Jackson and or Miller, but we have been, for for argument's sake, let's say they are both homosexual, Mm-hmm. Um, to the exclusion of of enjoying, you know, each other. Um, so that leaves Murphy 
Amori's already there and they've been shown to be true love. And really, who else? Is it Levitt, who's banging Octavia, but maybe they'll break up? And and Jordan, who is with Hope because everyone has to pair off because that's, I guess, what we have to do in the at the end of the world. Um, the ratios are such that I am waiting for a lot of fanfic to come out of this um, that specifically <laughs> caters to my predilections. Um, but I don't think we're going to get it um, just because whatever. But like everyone's spending their time on fix it's not right. Canon. <laughs> why? Like, why? Why did they come back? Because Jason wanted a quote unquote happy ending. And you can feel it this season with all these like forced, like, oh, now we're friends. Now we're having a picnic. Now, blah, blah, blah. As if it's like going to convince us that this has been the situation all along when obviously that's not the case. Like, hello, season five. Nobody likes each other. Um, so yeah, it was just really weird. Uh, and you know what? Um, and you guys are going to be like so shocked of me saying this, but I thought the only character in that group that would have believably stayed for Clark would be Echo. And um, like, I is feel- this is this your 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 what is the word I'm looking for here, Shaheen? It's something academic, um, but like. <laughs> Uh, fuck some sort pretend i said some sort of fancy word about you finally like coming around and saying something nice about echo uh no i think <laughs> i need to <laughs> i need to wait till you i mean i'm sentence. i'm sort of thinking that you're saying this because that then echo would have been mortal and would have come back so she can die again that is fair, but no, no, I, I, I think I'm feeling this in the sense, like, you know how I talked about the whole Murphy and Maury thing lacked balance in the story? Um, I think for Echo, like, if she would have stayed, been the one to stay behind for Clark, um, I think that that would have brought balance to her story, because one of my biggest issues, which... I, the reason why I could never get on board with Echo is she's never had to answer to any of her sins. Literally, every character is held to a different standard, and Echo is held to nothing. Like, she can literally try to kill a whole um, population, and it's like, oh, but she felt bad, you know? So it's it was something that just, like, drove me crazy. But I could see it, like... The story elements are there for Echo to be the one who stays behind with Clark because um, it would finally be her atoning for everything she's done. It's kind of like how I always felt that she was meant to die in Prime Fire after being cast out for what she did. Um, it, like this is finally her kind of accepting that fate and in accepting it this time, she's doing it because this is the last way that she can honor Bellamy who was right memory you know um this is she can do this last thing for him and being with being there for clark um and she she sees clark and she's like if clark cannot ascend because of the things she done then how am i um worthy of ascending and the answer is she's not so in doing that she does become worthy of ascending but she's She's staying behind. She's keeping Clark company. And if you want to make that, like, maybe they'll, like, hook up, like, fine. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I really could – that would have been the thing to get me on board with Echo. Um, and it's it's not because she would have eventually died and, you know, whatever. It's I, – I think it's finally, like, the story that her character has always needed and never got. What 
I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. Like that would have made a bit more sense and had like a lot of impact if like that had been the choice that Echo made, as opposed to the sort of like strange, rosy, sweep it all under the rug thing that we got with all of our best friends back together again <laughs> that like aren't actually best friends. Um, Shaheen, what did, did you? Were you satisfied? Did you find it weird? Like, yeah, I found it very weird. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I could see some of those people coming back um but yeah i i agree i mean there was just not enough um connection between like i just never thought they cared about clark so much (laughs) uh since when do they care about clark so much especially after everything she's done i mean she almost turned them into crystals (laughs) with her stupidity um and just like petulance and and lack of foresight um anyway so yeah i don't i don't get i mean i didn't really take a close look at who all was there um i just look at i just saw the numbers and i was like yeah there's no way all these people would come back (laughs) i i didn't really notice what you're saying about um Gaia was um, CG'd into it. Okay, I, I so even... so what happened with that is, first of all, at the beginning of the episode, they were just like, Gaia's out fetching water. Mm. Like they tried to explain where she was because she just wasn't fucking there. So she was just fetching water this whole time until she got golden grooted. And then um, we had a shot from the back of like when Indra and, you know, uh, wrong Gaia were like, you know, fixing a tent or doing something off on the right side of the screen. And then when everyone sees Clark, you just see this one shot of Gaia very clearly against a green screen, like smiling that she got to see Clark. And then that was it. So you're just kind of like, oh, so they had Tati for like 15 minutes. Like she like (laughs) rolled by the set after she finished filming Sabrina for that day. Um, But like, it was just, it was so funny that they were like, that they like made up all of these weird sort of excuses, I guess, to be like, where's Gaia? She's, She's hunting. She's getting water, whatever. But they didn't do that for Bellamy, and they couldn't have, like, finished a Balark romance because Bellamy was That is because people who are dead don't transcend <laughs> based on these arbitrary the rules. rules that we made up, but the Bardo Bees and, we and the Bellamy. last of the Grounders <laughs> get to transcend. Because they are the perfect representation of humanity. Oh my god. Jason, get therapy. <laughs> get more therapy if you're already getting therapy. But, um... Yeah, no, it was, it just, it, that. I guess that part makes me mad when Jason talks about that in the interview, because obviously you can do whatever you want with the story, and that's what he chose to do, so. What are you going to do? What um, are you going to do? Do, I feel like we already talked about all of the, um, we already talked about the sort of sterilization of it all. Um, Shaheen, did you have anything else that you wanted to say about Clark? Like, I mean... You know, you... did Clark get an incomplete? Is that because <laughs> she didn't get crystallized and she didn't transcend? So it's like you didn't fail, you didn't pass. It's just an incomplete. <laughs> right? Like the alien seemed kind of upset about that. She, like just kind of like Le- Lexa alien was like, so you're here, and we've never done this before. But also, all of these weirdos chose to stay with you, and we just don't know. It's kind of it's like it's like having let it happen. It's 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 like, and I'm sorry to any of our any of our like you know 
dietarily restricted uh, fans or whatever. But you know, it's like you're trying to plan like a wedding menu, and you're like, all right, so we have we have the we have the steak and the fish, and then you have like crazy aunt b with like 14 different dietary restrictions you're like motherfucker none of this is food like i'll give you celery you can bring your own food i don't know what to do with you yeah i don't know so you sit Um, at the bad table yeah you sit at the bad table with the rest of us um all right uh i guess well actually in petty bullshit are we are we really doing our last hundred? Well, no, we'll probably do it if we when whenever we have like a you know a, a series rep- retrospective. But yeah. um, Shaheen, how about you go first? Mostly because Bubs didn't fill hers out. So, um, first thing we've mentioned this before again, uh, the whole memory thing, um, the memory loss thing. You know, since the rules are so sacred and they cannot be changed. Um, like they, there should have been memory loss either going from, didn't you read the behind the scenes thing that was never actually listed in, into the, into the canon universe that the orbits around the black hole (laughs) are an ellipses. So that's why the time wonk is different, even though that was never actually put into the story and is therefore not fucking canon. It was only brought Wait. up because people on Reddit were talking about it, being like, well, I mean, I guess it could be an elliptical orbit. And the writers were like, yeah, it's an elliptical orbit. Definitely. That's definitely what we thought of. <laughs> we, we came up with Wait, that. I don't understand. We what's, did. <laughs> what's the deal? What's the deal with elliptical orbit? So if the if the orbit is elliptical, then the time wonk is more pronounced versus not pronounced. And so if it's not as pronounced, it becomes a one-to-one of transferring your memory, as opposed to if there is time wonk, then you lose your memory. Even though at no point did they bring up that there was an elliptical orbit and that that's how it would have worked. So therefore, it is not fucking canon. And you know that... <laughs> Gabriel, a.k.a. Spew's exposition every episode that he's in, um, would have death talked about it if that was something that the writers had come up with, which they did not, to be clear. So, yeah, the fact that you're asking about this, Shaheen, in a well, actually, and that the writers tweeted out or Jason tweeted out that, like, oh, no, 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 it was actually, it was actually, like, backed by science. Like, there's a reason why, why, why it didn't happen that way. Sure, Um, Chan. I'm sorry. As a physicist, I am not understanding this. Um, what about elliptical orbits? (laughs) So, what they were saying, which makes, okay, whatever. Um, (laughs) so if there's no time differential, time dilation, from one place Mm -hmm. to another, you Mm -hmm. don't get memory loss. Am I, am I summarizing this correctly, Bubs? Mm Mm-hmm. So, yes. But if there is an elliptical orbit... At some point, when you are far away, like if you are further away, I guess, or closer, they didn't really specify, I don't believe, um, to the black hole, and that creates the time dilation, then you will get memory loss when traveling. But if there is no, like, if you are one-to-one time with wherever you're traveling, you don't have memory loss. They added a variable to a lot for um, incongruency, but this variable came after the fact and after people on Reddit floated around the idea. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I 
I definitely understand the idea that if the uh, time coefficient is one to one, then you don't lose your memory. I thought that was always the mm -hmm. rule. Yep. And the, the rule was that you lose your memory if you go from a planet that goes faster to a planet that goes slower. Uh, and so any two planets, I mean, it's, it's, kind of, it's very unlikely that they're exactly one to one. There's going to be some time dilation like what are the chances that it's exactly one-to-one -one? but um so but putting that aside if i mean like with sanctum and and the earth right we know that sanctum um goes slower mm -hmm. um we i mean i i think we know that i mean i thought the assumption was that like it's been thousands of years on earth and the earth has come back um and so then it, it, there should either there should have been memory loss either going from earth to sanctum or back um and i am not understanding the thing with elliptical orbits um maybe we should just move on. i don't know yeah. I, I don't get like how either there is a time dilation or there isn't i don't get the, the orbit what is the shape of the orbit matter here the, um if it's an elliptical orbit i don't know who cares Like if it's an elliptical orbit, I guess sometimes, oh, I see. I guess like sometimes you're closer to the black hole and sometimes you're farther away. Mm -hmm. And so the time dilation is different from time to time. Mm -hmm. Is that the idea? Yes, that's like the sometimes variable. there's more time dilation, sometimes there's less time dilation. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, How's that? And so like they just happen to, to teleport exactly at the moment that the, the time dilation happened to be one to one. Yes. Is that the idea? Yes. Okay. All right. I get it now. That's stupid. <laughs> and now we're all on the same page. <laughs> all right. Neat. Um, all right. Uh, did you have any others? Um, yeah. So where will Raven's glowy tree be? <laughs> what do you mean? She, she was, she came back. Well, if she hadn't come back, where would her tree be? Like she was, she was in the thing, right? She was in the portal when, when she transcended. So where would her glow be? It would be in that fort. Oh no. Hmm. Would it be in the portal? Like there would be. <laughs> it would be in time... the mind space of the arc. <laughs> like from now on, when, when other species take the test, there's a, there's a tree, there's a raven tree there every time. <laughs> Shouldn't that well? Every time they go no, because other species lost. But shouldn't there have been those tree things for all at the ones the who won? Top of the in Etheria at the top of the mountain, not in the cave. Uh huh. <laughs> I love well, there wasn't that, any at the top of the mountain. Um, well, the person who took the test would be at the top of the mountain, I guess. Yeah, but there wasn't one. But the right. But the people who were in the cave were, yeah. were yeah. <laughs> Which was three people, apparently. There were it was a three That film. civilization of three. <laughs> I have nothing else. Okay. Uh, Bubs, any, any for you? Yeah, I mean, I guess this is more like petty bullshit. I think, like, uh, being a Blarker was um, an interesting experience. 
Um, <laughs> to say the least. And yeah, and so it was really, it was a struggle when you're like, no, like it's on screen. Like I see it. Um, why would they make this decision? Why would they make that decision? But you know, like I think like the hardest was, I think on Twitter people did a better job of kind of staying in their lanes. Um, but on Reddit, like, it's like the amount of times you get called delusional or just get dismissed as being a shipper who can't think good. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, it was hard. And so recently, um, I guess Bob did a bunch of meet and greets where he, I, I think his NDA contract is out and he's like, well, we were told to play Bellamy and Clark romantic. So we did. And I mean, <laughs> I, it, all I'll say is maybe they should have had a conversation about their feelings. I don't know. But anyways, I have to say that that was way more closure than anything in season seven ever provided. Um, and I, I don't care that they didn't end up together. I'm just like, you know, having people tell you that you're crazy and that you're stupid and you Being don't know what you're wasn't, saying. Wasn't no. super great. It wasn't fun. It was not fun at all. And we're, we're watching a show. It should be fun. Like, we're, like, having the creator kind of play with his audience and create these environments where people attack each other because there's just, like, no certainty. Um, yeah, it wasn't fun. So I really, I appreciate being told that, you know, we weren't crazy. And fuck Jason for screwing with all of us. And he's the enemy and not each other. <laughs> um, and yet we're watching a show. Yeah, well, we we finish the things we start shaking. <laughs> we're we're closers. Um, <laughs> I don't really have anything except to say that there is absolutely no way that the Bardo bees, especially Levitt's uniform, would always be so fucking pristine <laughs> and white. Like even the soles of his shoes stayed white. Like it was just weird after a certain point. Like why would you like? Uh, I don't understand that. Like, I, A, amazing to the costume department, but also, like, how and why? Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess, you know, since since we're done watching this show, I guess we should also, you know, actually recommend some TV shows and movies and something to for other people to watch. Um, Bubs, do you want to go first? Um, I guess I'm still going off of my Korean drama binge. Um, and so... So far, I've realized that Korean dramas are super PG. Like, maybe they'll make out. And any <laughs> any drama where... Um, Do they blur it out when they make out? No. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been watching, Shaheen? <laughs> well, have you ever seen Thai soap, soap operas? No. <laughs> they blur it out when Kissing? people make out. Yeah. How? Oh. I definitely did not watch that many Thai soap operas, I guess, while I was living there. Um, I, d I know about the pornography blurring, but I don't, I was not aware of. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's like super PG, like to the point where if a character is going to stay platonically at another character's house, like the actors have to be in their 30s. <laughs> um, and so anyway, so I was just, I, I Googled like, not PG K dramas, and I came across My Secret Romance, which was on Netflix. Um, and they actually have like I won't say they're dirty lines. I think this is still like PG fourteen for America, <laughs> but it was like it was hilarious seeing like 
the contrast. Um, and I won't say this is the best show ever. It's I'm only a few episodes in, but but it's funny. And if you're looking for a K drama where they actually make out and hook up, my secret romance is your girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's I I was not aware that it was quite so, for lack of a better word, like Puritan. Well, you know, it's. I think the contrast is actually, it's not bad, because literally there's been times, um, in the, in the few that I've watched, there's been times where, like, the two characters that I'm shipping are, like, joking around, and they haven't done anything, and then one of them puts their hand on the other's thigh, and I'm like, ah! It's just like, it's really like, you know, it's what Einstein said. Everything is relative. So it's very exciting. I get, I get mad when fic writers I like and I get like an update from them and they wrote something like G or T rated. And I'm like, what are we doing? God. Who are you? You know what? If I'm going to subscribe to you as an author, don't give me that shit. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like, you know why I'm here. Um, Shaheen, what about you? What what do you have to recommend? Um, so um, Mrs. and I started watching um, the uh, what's it called? Uh, Parks and Rec, Parks and Recreation, and um, it's um, yeah. So that's what I'm recommending. It's it's funny and lighthearted and um, say what cozy. It's a Joe that cozy. It's a, it, yeah. Joe and I like say that for like shows. Where, like, I mean, they feel good. They're like the characters become like yeah. friends. You know. Yeah, there's a nice sort of uh, um, humanity to it, and and the you know the the moments between the characters are um, heartwarming, and it's sort of like a. Um, and so far as you know it deals with politics you know because you know, it's local government uh it's just refreshing because like you know everyone gets along and it's not um you know um they respect each other and everything you know the the um the boss is sort of a libertarian Ron. um Ron, yeah and the you know but um her his deputy his deputy is not, and they, they're very good I friends. love you giving the summary of a show that ended years ago. And, like, it's really, it's so cute. Yeah, and that's that's all I got. Um, the other thing that I would recommend, I recommended last week, I'll recommend again, or not last week, whenever the last time was that I was in the podcast, uh, is, a, is a podcast called Braver Angels. Uh, it's on YouTube. And it's associated with the Heterodox Academy, which is a large and growing group of academics who um, advocate for dialogue and viewpoint diversity um, and um, civil disagreement. And so it's, uh, again, it's refreshing. You know, it's um, if you want to see people talk about politics and not hate each other yell at each other um check it out it's very empathetic it's very um it's a great learning experience and um you get to learn why people believe the things that they believe so okay can it be called a podcast if it's on youtube like can you do what can it be called a podcast if it's on youtube like is there not a different word for Podcasts no. that appear on YouTube because that's a visual medium. Not that I know. 
Am I being pedan- am I being pedantic? <laughs> Podcasts can be visual. Have have video. Can they? A lot of radio shows also have like they record themselves too. So <laughs> fine, fine. Anyway, I guess. Yes, you are being pedantic. Um, thank you for thank you for your guys' recommendations. Um, I'm very glad that you're enjoying Parks and Rec. It is adorable. Um, adorable. Yeah, and it just gets. Oh my god! Wait, Wait what season show are you on? Me, my enjoyment of it. Uh, both, both are great. Um, <laughs> what what season are you on? Uh, season two. Oh my god! You haven't even met Ben. Wait, when does Ben come? No. Not yet. Not yet. Um, no. Yay, I'm so excited. But like, I think I know who you're talking about. This is the guy who doesn't get the uh, the mini horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the perfect, perfect description of Ben Wyatt. That guy who doesn't get... First of all, yeah. his name is Lil Sebastian. You put some fucking respect on it. And second of all, yes, you're right. Um... <laughs> All right, so as I mentioned, I think earlier in the podcast, uh, Girlfriend and I watched Bly Manor um, this weekend, uh, which it's very different from Haunting of Hill House. I am not a huge fan of jump scares, and this one was way less jump scary, mostly because we could not see all of the hidden ghosts because it is a very dark show. So like, it wasn't until I went to a Twitter thread where they had like brightened up all of these frames and were like, there's the ghost, there's the ghost. I'm like, oh, thank God I didn't see those. Um, (laughs) But it was actually very, very, it was good, and it was different it was um sad and about love and about caring for people um and i definitely had a couple of like not insignificant criticisms of it but like overall like it was very very i don't know emotional and like thought-provoking and and good to watch um so i'd recommend that if you want to jump on the bandwagon and then we also finally finished agents of shield which is another show that ran for seven seasons uh, with a an, aso- an ensemble found family cast, and they did time. They did stuff in space. They did stuff with time wonk and time travel and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, and while the finale, like it was a show that like stands in such stark contrast to kind of where the story went with the hundred in the way that it treated its characters in its final seasons, especially the final episode. Like, I mean, granted it's like a Marvel property and it was on ABC and NBC, you know, like, and it's, it's a very different vibe obviously because they work in different constraints with that kind of, you know, property. Um, But at the same time, like there was such good character growth and such good character relationships that they never forgot about and if anything in the final season they made sure and and interestingly enough the final season did have an issue with one of their main romantic male leads being unavailable until the very last episode we did not see him and yet it was handled in such a way that you were like i miss him but like it was explained through the plot and it didn't feel like we were taking crazy pills watching it um and so yeah, like it, it, it it's a, it's definitely a very long show and like it gets better as the seasons go on. Um but it's fun and they just they loved their characters and they loved showing how much their characters that had grown through the years loved each other. Um and so that was it was kind of a very interesting contrast to watch a show that had, you know, sort of a similar longevity as The 100. Um so yeah, Agents of Shield and Bly Manor um next episode who knows uh we got some fan requests to do 
you know, some sort of a little roundtable discussion, possibly with Tony and Selena, um, two of our favorite reviewers. Um, we have The Expanse coming up in season season four in December, even though we still haven't done our season three podcast. Shaheen has 14 other shows he wants to cover. So um, <laughs> we're a little TBD right now. Uh, we will discuss it um you know, via text and and whatnot, and kind of come back at you. But by all means, feel free to yell at us on Twitter if if you have any strong feelings about the matter. Especially if you just want us to give up and shut up and never be on the internet ever again. Which that seems fair. I wouldn't blame you. Um, <laughs> but we'll come back on the internet just to spite you. Yeah. No. Exactly. Like I. I. You know. I appreciate your your constructive criticism, but I I ignore it. Um, thanks you guys for finishing out this shit show rodeo, um, of this podcast and this television show. Um, it's weird. Yeah. Thank you everyone for being with us all this time. And, um, I'm sure you'll listen to our future podcasts. Cause they're um, obsessed with us. Cause we're awesome. <laughs> um, but you can run, but thank you so much you. for, for sticking with us. Guys. <laughs> Bye, Bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, bye, everyone. And I guess may we geek again? May oh, no. We're still going to say that as, as, as signing off because it's not may we meet again, like what the last episode should have been called. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Bye. I, oh, I can't, I can't just press mute. That doesn't stop the recording. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>